Oh my God, guys, we're recording. I'm we scared. Are. Stop, what? stop the text. Why are you scared? Tapes. Because I'm I'm stressed. What are you stressed about? Because it's been a long day and a long week of well, AAF files. <laughs> but hey, you have good news on that front though. I do. I, I have fine news. It uh, got done. That's good news. That what? is good news. There's no better news There's that there like could be. There's a couple things that I'm fixing here and there. Fixing things and like not being able to export are two different yes. things. Uh, yes. Let's celebrate the wins. I did it. I don't know if I did it totally correctly, but I did it in a way where the sound mixer was able to get something done with it. Beautiful. I, that's it is beautiful. a success story. We celebrate our successes here. Thank you. Oh, See, the thing is, successes are great, but I want a win. Okay. I want I want someone to be like, this is the best AAF file I've ever received. I don't think that's a thing. Well, that's what I want. <laughs> I, don't think that's I a want thing. to make it a thing. I want to be the best AAF file sender ever. You're so similar to Beyonce in your perfectionism. I am, aren't I? Hence why it's taken so long to get some visuals, but we're getting fucking something and we'll know at 11 p.m. Pacific. By the time this podcast gets on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, we will know for sure, I think, what's happening with the visuals. Like, can't fucking the countdown's on. Guys. Oh, get ready. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Two Game Maps, the podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. We are back again. Another week and another week of just obsessing about Beyonce and what she's going to do. Because when Beyonce drops any sort of news whatsoever, right. it could literally be like, hey, check out these new shoes. I know. And you're just like, wait. I mean, we. Well, love- I'm not. Wait, I don't like. I uh, guys, I love Beyonce so much. I don't have the bandwidth to get excited about the Parkwood clothes. No, the clothes. <laughs> no one cares. But we know that this, according to the Deadline and Variety articles, has to do with the visuals, the theatrical release. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Matt Steele. Yes. How was your week? My week was good, yeah. as I said before. Anyone who didn't listen to last week's podcast was probably like, "What the fuck was that <laughs> intro about? What's an AAF file?" Okay. I spent more time um, with the shorts I directed, trying to like export AAF files and convert this type of file into that type of file to send to the sound mixer so that they could mix the sound for the shorts. Mm -hmm. It was a very stressful week the previous week and it was just a semi-stressful week this week regarding Mm -hmm. it, but I figured it out and it's working. It's very nice. I did some other things. I hung out with uh, my friend Raul and his uh, roommate Aaron for a bit on Friday. We had a really good time. We went to this bar where... um, it's like you go and you like play board games. Oh. Like there's just like a, hundreds of like board games on the wall and you can just take whatever you want. That sounds and fun. We went and we didn't play any board games. Right. I think we like pulled a board game off the shelf, but we ended up just like talking the entire time, which yeah. is more my speed. Cause of you know, course. I'm not a game girl. You do hate games. You know, nothing ruins Someone a party for me more. Beef of joy, Matt Steele. Oh my God. Nothing ruins a party for me more than when you're sitting there having a great conversation and then someone's just like, let's play a game. It's like, no, you're, you just killed the flow, and now you implemented rules into this hangout. Sure, but I will say sometimes I feel like you go to something that is labeled a game night and get upset that games are being played. And for <laughs> me, that's a surprise. I'm like, that, it, was on, it was the title of the event. I haven't been to a game night in I know, a I know. Time. I remember once I went with you, and I was having an allergic reaction issue, and I took Benadryl, and I shouldn't have taken it. <laughs> I don't remember this. Was I this at Fernando's? That. It was. And oh. I, because I was having hives and I took uh, Benadryl and like just only take Benadryl when you are at home. That's my advice. I hope we weren't on the same team of this game night because <laughs> I would have been pissed that you would have made us lose. I, I think hope you kept your energy up. I'm even. sure I did. And I'm uh-huh. sure I did very well. I care about games and want to do well, unlike yourself, who wants to do well but doesn't care. <laughs> I care. To quote Beyonce's one of her best tracks, I care. I care. I know Matt Steele doesn't care too much, but I still I care. I still care. Uh, and guys, I have an announcement to make. Oh. She's back. Who? She's back 
on the dating apps. Oh. <laughs> she has re-downloaded Hinge. She has what? re-downloaded Tinder. What prompted this? I don't know. Okay. Just sheer what's happening with my life. <laughs> you know that feeling. Are you excited about it? Like, are you like going out with a new angle and like finding it more like a fun getting to know people moment? No. Oh. I'm going at it with a how did I live my life like this before? Because oh. back in like, you know, June, uh, I deleted all like, you know, Tinder and Hinge and everything because yeah. I was just like, I don't want to be on my phone as much. I'm tired of these like monotonous conversations and everything. Yes. I mean, like everyone is lovely. We love everyone. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I, I wanted to explore new ways of meeting new people and everything. How'd that go? Uh, it, uh, you know, fine. <laughs> Here I am still. Yes. I didn't die. That's great. But I was like, oh, I'm, I'll just like get these again and like, you know, see what happens and everything. And when I tell you, when I sent my first any fun plans for the rest of your week message, mm. I was so triggered. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, God, I've for in these like only three months, I've forgotten what it's like to like have to send these like repetitive mm. messages again and again and again. Me and Travis, my roommate, always joke that like we want like awful like phrases tattooed to our body that like we as like single gay men have to keep repeating all the time. Like like when there's a lull in the conversation and you have nothing left to say, but you're just like, well, any fun plans for the rest of your week ahead mm. or the worst, which is like. When like maybe you went out once yeah. and then you can tell that they're not really into it, but you kind of are. And so you kind of end a conversation with like, well, let me know if you ever want to hang. <laughs> like we want like that tattooed like Ooh. on our arm or something. Just like those those sad little uh, yes. and the messages thing is, that you leave. There's no other option. There's like, no when other you're option. on the app. Like you just have to play by the rules of being on the app. And like I'm going to be polite but open. But like I don't know you very well. There are only certain things I can really say to this person at this point. Yeah, no, it's. And you just like even if he's boring as hell, you're just like, God, I just got to keep this conversation going. Yeah. Maybe if we meet in person, he's not boring as hell. I just remember what I would do is if we had talked, I don't take too, I wouldn't take too long in the conversation. It's like, if mm-hmm. we both seem to like each other and are interested, I'm like, here's my number. When are you free? Sure. Oh, like, I've, I've started. You've got, yeah, I just started like, doing let's that just meet up and see if we enjoy each other in person. Like us talking about nothing for like three more days, isn't going to do anything. Like, yeah. isn't going to make me more interested or less interested in you. And I assume vice versa. So I think that's a good way to do it. And something interesting that I found in like the many, many, or well, like over a decade that I've like been on like a Tinder or something. Yeah. Um, except for those three months, you know, prior to a couple days ago. Mm. Um, it, I, a lot of times find that like the more boring a guy is like during like the actual texting conversation before the date, the yeah. more interesting I oh, find interesting. in person. And I'm like, oh, you're actually really amazing in person. Mm. You just like don't know how to text. You know, I love guys who can't communicate well. <laughs> that's <laughs> what a great <laughs> thing to love. I, you know, that's always like <laughs> the, t- the guy that I like fall for. But also like guys who are really dynamite via text message, uh, me excluded. Ah! When I meet them in person, a lot of what times I'm- Yes. Via text? <laughs> Both. I'm dynamite. In person, yes. In person. Yeah. But via text, I'm really good too. Okay. But sometimes like when a guy's like amazing via text and I meet him in real life, I'm just like, oh, you're way better via text message. <laughs> I feel very triggered. There are definitely people that are like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you meet them in person and they're just like, oh, 
yeah. Because <laughs> right. it's like you can tell they get all of their, I don't know, personality out in their written right. words. This is like how they engage with the world yeah. is via text. And yes, no, I feel like Jackson is kind of the opposite way where it's like in person he's obviously very outgoing and bubbly and talkative and via text he's like nice but it's not like like every time he leaves like he's gone and been gone for a week and for Greece and like he'll reach out obviously throw some exclamation points my way but there are points where I'm like like you do like you, me right do you hate me <laughs> and this is like my live-in boyfriend of five years it's like I think he likes me but it's just like his way of texting is just not I'm throwing so many exclamation points smileys emojis and he's not gonna give me all that oh my god I, I am the king of like using the last letter of each sentence a million times like <laughs> like I'm excited like I do that every five like I am the most enthusiastic texter right. ever and I feel like that comes across my personality but yeah. I'm so surprised because I've never like had a long text conversation yeah. with Jackson and so I'm surprised to hear that he's so not ex- like he's not because he's so engaging and lovely and wonderful and enthusiastic in real he life. Is, I think he's just like not trying to be texting like this uh-huh. is not his mode of communication. So he's just like he's to the point, I would say. He like, okay. will give you a little bit like here's the pictures. Here's what I'm doing. I've seen these animals. And then like, all right, heading to bed. <laughs> I'm like, OK, great. Um, but yes, I think I think that's a good way. I feel like having that little break and going back to it, maybe it'll be like a, a nice thing. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know how long it's going to last. You think you're going to be off again? I think I'm kind of like, I'm over this. After having like three months of not mm. doing it, I'm kind of just like, yeah, this isn't, yeah. Well, maybe you'll meet a great guy Whatever. in this first week. Listen, all I want to do is get those AAF files sent. <laughs> I know, priorities. <laughs> and find out what the hell Beyonce is dropping. That's the question. Well, what have you done this week? Tell us. Uh, this week, I actually had a pretty tough week at work, which you know I don't usually have. Oh, I usually no. am like very good at compartmentalizing and being like, okay, I work from here to here and like this is all I have to do. But it's just like we're having some issues that I have to deal with that are like very complex. And I'm just mm. like, ugh, ugh, ugh. And like, I just don't, I don't, I'm not a person that likes thinking about work once work is over. And I've done that a bit this week. So hopefully this week I will turn a corner, we'll get the problem figured out and all will be well. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's been good. I've been going on the walks. I uh, saw my friend Rory came over on Friday and that was very fun. And last night, Janie had a fall party. Uh, and so I went over there, hung out with her and friends of hers that were very lovely and nice. And then today I uh, uploaded some videos to the Patreon. So if you want to see my Chatty Cathy's episode talking about the Renaissance World Tour and my experience at that show, it'll be up tomorrow at 8 a.m. And I also am uploading our Beyonce self-titled uh, review that we filmed last week. And so that'll be up this week at some point. So yeah, I was like, okay, Jack's not here. I can be productive. Oh, that's right. Jack's was gone. Yes, he's yeah. still gone. He's gone until he comes yeah. back on Tuesday. And so, so you can sit in your room and like stress about Beyonce being like, what is she putting out? I know. What is happening? Because what happened yesterday? Let's go, guys. Deadline and Variety post articles in which they are telling us that Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour is headed to theaters via AMC. Um, this per deadline, the status of this we understand is that AMC is still in talks on this theatrical release, and it's a similar setup to the Eras tour with the circuit uh, chiefly distributing to all other big exhibitors. Um, right now, it seems like the only thing that seems to be in question is the date, not the actual release. Um, and it looks like this is the version of the show that she was performing in Houston. So maybe the Savage Remix with Megan The Stallion will be included because she was performing at those shows. And the Variety article described it not as a straightforward concert film, mm-hmm. but as a mix of concert footage 
and uh, the long gestating visuals that apparently were completed in 2022, that some of those will be featured, and the documentary on the making of the album. And this is apparently a two and a half hour long film. And I'm like, how does all of that go together? Like, and the thing is, I'm curious. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but whatever it is, I trust Beyonce's fucking vision. Like, if we've learned anything over the past decade is even if it sounds off the wall and you can't picture how something works of Beyonce's visually, she's got it. She's found a way to make it work. I'm disappointed it's not like three and a half hours I know. long. Because I'm like, okay, I want the full concert and also I want the full album I know. of visual. Like and I want all, every song to have a full music to video. To quote Elon, is that something you want? Because you're never going to get it. <laughs> Right. No, that is like my ideal. I would yeah. love if it was a three and a half hour and like you got a little intermission, you sat back down. It's like, all right, now the visuals are starting. And then like another two hour documentary about the making of everything <laughs> and the rehearsals of the concert. And so to me, it feels like, okay, if we are going to see parts of the visuals, parts of the concert and parts of the documentary, it feels to me it's like there must have been some music videos, some visuals she shot that she just was like, I fucking don't like this. And like there was no way to salvage it. But the tour is so incredible and every performance on that tour has its own identity for all of the songs in Renaissance. So I think it's going to be a great amalgamation of everything, but I just, I want the official word, Parkwood, that countdown is still going. I think we're what, uh, three hours and 45 minutes out from knowing at least what Parkwood is announcing. I assume it's related to this. The uh, f- founder of AMC or AMC Theaters or something followed Beyonce on Instagram or Twitter. And uh, that is how some of the Beehive first noticed this before these Deadline and Variety articles came out. But man, if it's really December 1st, we I will be there. I will be there in the best seat available, even if AMC makes me pay more for it, which I think they didn't end up doing. But if they do before then, I'll pay. I will be there sure. front and fucking center. I got to see everything. I wonder how long of a run it's going to be. I hope it's long. I want months, years. Oh, put it in there for months. Go for it. But I mean, because the thing is, even though hopefully all of the strikes are wrapping up soon, yeah. there's still going to be a dead zone of like films and theaters. Like I feel like, I don't know, they've got to be running out of backlog. They have held off on that Zendaya film and Dune and stuff. Yeah. But why not just have Beyonce take Because you know what people are always going to want to see no matter the season? Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce is the season every season. She really is. Summer, I, winter, spring, fall. I'm so excited. Like, okay, percentage, like if you could decide, if you know it's a mix of all three and you uh-huh. have two and a half hours, what percentage are you giving visuals? What percentage are you giving concert? What percentage are you giving documentary? I mean, I am a movie girl, so you know I want it to be mostly visual. <laughs> like, you know I want it to be mostly Same. like the music videos Same. and stuff like that. Right. Like, that's just what I want to see. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would say I would say a little less of like the documentary of the making of Mm -hmm. Um, I would put that at maybe like 20 Mm percent. And then let's do some math. 80 percent is left. 40 percent concert. 40 percent visual. Oh, that's nice. I think that's what a a realistic percentage. I think that's realistic and fair. I think you could even move all the documentary stuff to like some. The thing is. If you tell us we have to download the 4K like MOV file from your website, we will do it. Yeah. So make why not even just make the documentary that, and we'll all pay however much you want and see as much of the visuals as you want us to see and as much of the concert film as you want us to see in theaters. And I will say, even though before the Taylor Swift era is announced and everything, we said that the next big thing Beyonce could do is release her visuals in theaters, and here we are. Yeah. I I wonder like if Beyonce knew that 
tail. Not that this would influence her decision or anything, right. but like I wonder who decided the putting their concert in a movie theater thing mm. happened first. Like like was it Taylor or Beyonce or maybe it was like the same time? I bet it was probably around the same time, okay. but I, I would imagine that AMC's success with the Taylor film has made them think, okay, this Beyonce thing that we were looking at is probably a good idea. Like this Taylor film's about to open with a hundred million dollars plus over the first weekend. Let's put our eggs in Beyonce's basket because she's another iconic, legendary artist who's huge right now. So let's get asses in seats. And I see a lot of discourse on like Twitter now where it's just like, who's better, Taylor or Beyonce? And it's like, guys, shut up. They're both (laughs) legends. Like, shut up. I always think it's so weird because it's similar to and I don't mean this in a shady way. Everyone, whenever I mention JLo, people think I'm being shady. But it's literally my argument about Mariah and JLo is like they do different things. Yeah. Like obviously they both do music, Beyonce, Taylor, Mariah, and JLo. But they they're in such different lanes that have such little overlap in my point of view yeah, that I'm like, what is this conversation even about? There's no point right. in in discussing this. Right. And we should be lucky to have both of them. Like yeah. these are two amazing, iconic, groundbreaking artists who we are living through. It's exciting times. AMC can recognize that. Yes. So that's why they're like, we're putting both out. Yes. So we, people can see something different in this concert, something different in this concert. The world should be more like AMC. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. They should debut the new Nicole Kidman ad at the beginning of one of these films. Oh my God. Because how many fucking gays are going to be the audience? Screaming. They'll be losing their shit already for Taylor and Beyonce. Now also for Nicole. And when she's like sound I can feel instead of like playing like the La La Land (laughs) on the movie screen it could be like they're like playing like Lemonade or something. That'd (laughs) be iconic. Because that was sound I could feel that day when I was watching that on our little TV screen. Because I do think they filmed a second version of that commercial. They're like oh we're refreshing the Nicole Kidman ad with a new one and it's still not come out. I know. Now's the time. I've been waiting for the new Nicole Kidman Man, like forever. <laughs> Now's the time. Now's the time. Oh, that's the time to debut it. Let's uh, go. Do it for the gays. Do it for the gays. Do it for the gays. Oh, okay. Did anything else happen this week? <laughs> Not really. Not guys. really. But hey, the writer's strike officially ended yes. since we last were sitting down in these chairs. So congratulations to the WGA. It really seems like they got so many things they fucking wanted. Like the AMPTP bent a lot more than the writers did. And we are very team union, very team writer, very team laborer. So that was a win. Uh, and apparently, tomorrow is it that SAG-AFTRA meets with the AMPTP yeah. they're getting meetings do you think it'll be over in a week not a week no oh. <laughs> I, w- I would say like I would say maybe two and a half I would say like maybe like three weeks okay yeah alright that's not a crazy I think it's realistic time. and also like my representation emailed us and was just like we predict like end of October beginning of November nice okay <laughs> and I think my reps know a little more about that kind of stuff than I the two <laughs> one half of two game ads do well I you think know. that's very exciting that we're reaching the end I know so many people have been affected by these strikes and I hope SAG gets as much as the WGA did like it's all of their points met to a degree um, because we're ruined for you uh, so Matt Steele, news for you. I know. <laughs> Apparently there are two new Golden Globe categories. They are called Cinematic and Box Office Achievement in Best Performance in Stand-Up Comedy. And I saw on the Discord you commented, one of these is like a cute addition and I like it. And one of these is is stupid, ridiculous. I don't remember the wording, <laughs> but I literally would, like looked at it for a minute and was like, I actually don't know oh, which come one. On. I have a guess. Get out of here. My guess is that you think the box office one is dumb. But I don't know. I didn't call it dumb in the okay. Discord. I, I just said one of these is cute and yes. a fun addition. The other one is dot, 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 well, dot. Finish that sentence now that we're all here. The sentence finishes itself, okay. darling. There's a lot of periods to finish that sentence. Am I right? Uh, you are correct. Because <laughs> like, a, like a comedy special or something. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something 
to I mean stuff like that's awarded at the Emmys, I right. believe. So why not at the Golden Globes? Like Absolutely. go for it. They're big money makers for especially streaming platforms. Right. So like go for it, Golden Globes, and you get some comedians there at Absolutely. the Golden Globes. And the Golden Globes, like everyone in that audience is drunk as hell. So like <laughs> with stand-up comedians there, right. there's gonna be a show in that audience. Like right. people are gonna win a, their award and be a mess, and I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. But also because comedians deserve their due. Yes. Uh, and I think it's a lovely addition. The uh, the box office achievement one, huh? Uh, as just, if this is the People's Choice Awards or like the the MTV Best Action Sequence. Right. Or something, you know, it's I, like you. Yeah, it's one step away from us voting for it on hashtags. Like who gets the most impressions on sure. Twitter? But the thing is, like, have is it has it been established? who's voting in the Golden Globes right now because mm. Hollywood Foreign Press Association they're not doing it anymore know, right like I, that was decided a couple months right. ago who who who's voting on the Golden Globes I, I now I don't know what's the voting body has it been decided can we join I would love to be a part of it I would vote for Barbie for everything. <laughs> oh, well, you haven't seen all the movies available I yet haven't. because guess what? The Color Purple's coming December 25th. Okay, and I guess I will be seeing that, absolutely. Yes, you, you, what do you mean you guess? I guess I will be seeing I will. I said I will. You will be seeing it, and as a future Golden Globe voter, you will be voting. I mean, does that mean that Renaissance can be nominated for Golden Globes? I don't believe so. Oh, why? It's in theaters? I don't know if it like it seems like more Musical of a, or comedy? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical, and I'm sure I, there are funny moments. Uh, but like, like there's, I don't know if it I would imagine it like is more of like a not even a document a, a documentary maybe a it's, it's theatrical a event art. absolutely yes but like I don't know if it fits the qualification because it's like not so much of it is not scripted mm. I don't know what the qualifications are I don't even know who's voting for the Golden Globes I say so, throw it in musical comedy and let me vote you know what if it means Beyonce's coming to the Golden Globes <laughs> Well, let's I, let's not get crazy. Then <laughs> then uh, it's true. I then um, I imagine the Golden Globes might be like, yeah yeah yeah, sure, we'll nominate it. Let's nominate go. it. Why not? It qualifies. Thank you. Um, okay, well, I, I'm glad to know that I was right in my guess as to which one of those you found to be dumb. But you know what? I hope everyone has a good time. Of course. The Golden Globes, they're just fun. Yes. They're, it's, you know, it's, they're like gummy bears. <laughs> they're just fun. They're not real. They're not real. Fun. <laughs> they're they're not real. Uh, just a follow-up to a news story that we spoke about the other week. A judge has officially ended Michael Ower's conservatorship and was disturbed that it was in place. This is uh, the football player whose story was told via the blind side, and it came out that... His, you know, white adopted parents never officially adopted him, but placed him in a conservatorship. So um, apparently Shelby County probate court judge Kathleen Gomez said in her decision that there was no clear reason for the conservatorship for an adult with no disability. And I cannot believe it got done. Um, Ower has said that he believed that the two boys were adopting him when he turned 18, but that he recently learned that the legal move was done to allow him not to allow them to make money off of his name and story. I'm glad things ended as they should have. Sure. That yeah. was a sad moment. I'm sure as, you know, a child of these parents that you really believed in, that must have been very sobering, very heartbreaking for Michael. So hearts go out to him and his family. Did you hear about this Dak Shepard JVN shit? I heard that it happened, but I wasn't sure okay. like the content of it. So, okay. Dak Shepard has a podcast called The Armchair Expert, and he invites on guests, and they have conversations. Like, And JVN was on to promote um, their own podcast and Netflix series Getting Curious um, with Dax, but Dax basically decided to spend a large chunk of their conversation arguing with JVN about trans rights. Mm -hmm. And um, 
It started with JVN suggesting that right-wing ideologies and beliefs stem from a lack of education. Dax disagreed, instead stating that people on the right simply have a difference of opinion. They're conservative. They don't like how quickly the country is changing. I understand that, and I can sympathize with that. They have different fears than we do. It's not because they're dumb or uneducated. They have a difference of opinion. Uh, And basically... Dax went on to say some people are very uncomfortable about teenagers transitioning. They're challenging that. How do we know that person's not going to change their minds? He goes on, says some more problematic things. And that's really fucking perf- per- permanent. And that's a count- a good counter argument. So basically, JVN is going on a podcast, just trying to promote themselves, promote the podcast, promote their Netflix show. And Dax spins, like, I would say from what I understand, 75% of the interview, like debating him about trans rights and whether teenagers should be transitioning and trans people in sports. JVN breaks down and cries at a point and it's just oh like, God, I'm just happened? so sick of having this conversation over and over again. And like, this is not what I came here to talk yeah, about. It's totally not fair uh, uh, to JVN because like they didn't, show up like prepared to talk about this and to make these giant statements for like other people and everything and to be the spokesperson for this you know like they're they're on there to promote their podcast and to talk about themselves you know like their own personal experience and everything and so yeah I think this is this seems like something that Dak Shepard just wanted to be like a like a oh this will cause a splash or something but it's like it paints Dax in such a bad light like no Mm. one is team Dak Shepard at the end of the day here like even if you're trying to be devil's advocate like this is all just the concept to you Dax but Javian lives this and fights these battles within his family within his within their family their community all the fucking time and when they're thinking that they're going to enter the safe space to talk about something they're passionate about and a debate is started that's not even a good faith argument it just like Really broke my heart to know Javian was so affected by this when they reposted the podcast being put up. They were like, I'm just, I'm still not ready to talk about this and what happened this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you go back on their Instagram and they talk, like, you can see, like, had a very bad day, was really like ambushed somewhere. It just Aww. is like heartbreaking and unnecessary. And I assume Dak Shepard is going to publicly apologize. I imagine he's waiting for the next episode of his podcast to do so. Yeah. But it's like, you, I don't know. I just don't know what. Dax was thinking and it's like I mean not to blame anybody but like I just I I hope the people around Dax Shepard can be like hey dude that was really fucked up yeah it's not cool and like unnecessary mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know it just grossed me out JVN is such a bright light and a kind individual and doesn't deserve this and no trans person deserves this kind of treatment like imagine walking around just as your identity and everyone is trying to fight you about it because the right wing uh side of the country has decided you are the topic of the moment and you have to justify your existence while people like you are getting murdered. It's just like, it's just heartbreak. And you're just like, my podcast. My podcast. I'm here to talk about my fucking podcast. Like the way to help like the trans community is to like, Listen to my podcast, yes, and, and, and that way people get insight into one person. Right, you know? like every like one person helps. And it's also like JVN is of the two of you the more knowledgeable party about <laughs> trans rights and like what goes on in trans people's lives and identities. So maybe like take their word for it. I don't know. Dax Shepard sucks. Long story short. So uh, I look forward to that apology, but I will not be listening to it. I will be reading it and not giving that man any clicks. Okay, this is a weird one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you heard that, did you hear that Katy Perry and um, Orlando Bloom are now embroiled in another kind of uh, real estate issue? Apparently, there is a man named Carl Westcott who 
is trying to claim that he, on his deathbed, was kind of tricked into selling his mansion to Katie. Katie is now countersuing for like lost $2.6 million in lost rental income from veteran Carl Westcott over Montecito mansion that he claims was mistakenly sold while uh, he was on painkillers. And there's many strange things about this. A, Remember the whole nun thing when Katy Perry was trying to buy a convent and the nuns were like, please do not try and buy this convent, Katy Perry. And then one of the nuns died during the like trial. I don't remember this at Do you all. not? Okay, no. so this is something that has happened. And then now this is now happening again with this old man who invented 1-800-Flowers. And then another wrinkle about this is the uh, daughter of this Westcott is a lady named Cameron Westcott who is formerly a real housewife of Dallas. So she is someone I have seen before on television arguing about the pink dog food that she created was trying to get off the ground. That show was never good but justice for Tiffany Moon who deserved better. Uh, But Cameron has jumped in to say Katie and Orlando have done this before. They sued the nuns. This is a a pattern. They attacked the weak. Westcott is in a vulnerable state and they attacked him. They tricked him. It's been a lot of pressure on the family and it's been a lot to handle. I just I just think it's such a strange turn Katy Perry has taken in life that like these are the big news stories about Katy Perry in 2023. Sure, and I don't understand much about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know how like all the legalities of buying properties and everything works. Right. Um, it's weird that it's a pattern. It is weird that it's this weird. isn't the first time that there's been a. Uh, dispute about buying property with Katy Perry and some elderly folk. That seems odd. Why do you need a convent? Great question. Why do you like? Why do you I need a convent? Katy just wanted to live there. She wanted to like make it her own. Okay. She, okay. 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 Well, you can also become a nun and live in the convent. I don't think Katy's becoming a nun anytime soon. All right. Well, girl, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Either like take the sacred vow, marry Jesus Christ, right. and live in the convent, or right. don't live in the convent. Right. Or you could be like Maria von Trapp and like start to become a nun, and mm. then it's like, oh no, I'm going to do this other thing. Speaking of, are you proud of me that I have not watched one episode of Welcome to Plathville without Jackson because I'm such a good oh, you fucking are strong. boyfriend? Thank you so much. How many much. episodes do you have left to go? Oh, we have seasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have seasons. But just wanting to throw that in there, giving me a little bit of clap, pat on the back, you know, please clap, etc. Because I, I did it. <laughs> Um, trying to think if there's any other news we really need to talk about. Police perform a wellness check on Britney Spears after she had that Instagram video of her dancing with knives. She maintains that these were prop knives and not real ones. There were people in the chat saying that they could hear the clinking in the video. So who knows what it is? All I will say is stop calling the cops on Britney Spears. We're all fans. And unless she does something that's like very blatantly, she is a uh, threat to herself and others, then do not call the cops on this woman you don't know. Um, and I'm going to take her word for it that they're props. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And there's, because there's not much we can do not to prove we that do. they weren't. Like, I, I don't know. And then we saw that Senator Dianne Feinstein has passed away at 90. Yes. Yes. That's very sad, especially because I know her last day, like she was in the Senate. I think right. she did two, gave two votes. And then there was a picture of her. I forget who she was with though, but like mm. her friend was also in, um, uh, the government and took a picture with her and she looked great and everything. And then just passed away, I believe like peacefully in her sleep. So, right. so I'm happy it wasn't like a, a horrible, you know, thing that happened. Right. But, 
Um, but no, it's very sad. I mean, she has such a legacy. Yeah. And um, I mean, when she, I think when she became a senator, there were only like two other female senators. Right. Or like she was the second one or something. They mm. didn't even have a woman's bathroom wow. at the time in the chambers. And so, so yeah, amazing. I wonder who her replacement's going to be. Gavin Newsom's going to be appointing someone. I believe yeah. he said it's going to be a black woman. Okay. So. Right, Keep well, our gonna, eyes peeled. That's for our. That. That's our. Uh, we are that person's constituent. Absolutely. So, uh, we are Californians. Californians. Okay. That's how I'll say it from now <laughs> that's on. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, pick, any, pick someone good, Gavin. Any other news for idiots you want to share with the people? I don't think so. Okay. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. All right, guys. Act two. <laughs> this is our act two. This is our act two. <laughs> so beautiful. Like, not to be compared to Beyonce's Renaissance Act two, which yes. no one knows what the fuck it is. No, they don't. Maybe or we'll know in coming. a few hours. I Maybe. assume it's coming. She said it was, but who? When it's coming? There's definitely no way to know. I completely don't even register the Act One, Act Two of the Renaissance <laughs> right. anymore. Like that to me, that's last year's conspiracy <laughs> theory. I mean, it's not even a theory. She did say Act One Renaissance, but now I've just stopped thinking. You about just, it. That's I've good. just stopped thinking because I'm just like, I'm, we're not going to get it unless we get it. it. That'll bring you so much more peace. Than oh, worrying inner about peace. It. That's like when I watch Big Brother and I'm like, I can't be emotionally attached right. to any of these people right. because I have to look at it objectively. Because if I become emotionally attached, I'll be disappointed. Right. That's the thing. Here it's why it's like you delete the apps. It's like it just brings you a little bit of peace. Yeah. You know, fewer, fewer disappointments. It's great. And here I am. And here you th- are. Driving. Top of the world. Sure. All right, guys. Well, I've got to say something before you go. Say it. I've just got to say thank you so much for listening or watching the podcast. We appreciate you so much. Please go to your Apple podcast or Spotify. Find Two Gay Mats in your podcatcher and give us a five-star review. Even a little, a little write-up will do. We only accept five stars, though. So if you have notes, you should write it on your notes app and then keep it for yourself. Don't even write it on the notes app. Don't put that out there in the world. That shouldn't Because the internet is forever. The internet is written in ink to quote the social network. Sure. Don't put it out there on the internet. But if you put it on the notes in your notes app, that's not on the internet. Yeah. Someone's, it's in the cloud. Someone's kept. If it's in the cloud, it's in the world. Okay. I don't well, want that. Five stars would be great. It's very, we appreciate it so much for everyone who has. And also, if you really enjoy us and want to see extra bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash two game apps. We have extra bonus videos, come podcast, lots of fun things coming up there. You're going to love it. Yeah. Yes. And so now we are on to email my heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two game at gmail.com. Two is spelled T W O. And guys, this is I don't we didn't plan this but we got two Beyonce emails look it's just sometimes Beyonce's top of mind for all of us and that this is one of those weeks listen when Beyonce reigns Beyonce pours it's all, right? all true <laughs> so it's all true. she's gonna hurl everything she's gonna be quiet for a long time and then yes. it's just gonna be Beyonce 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 so the first email comes to us from Marianne <gasps> I love Marianne Marianne has been with two gay mats for so long I know yeah. she's an OG for she sure she is an OG two gay mats or yes. an OG Kathy oh. yes and so so Marianne, the subject line is, how could Beyonce do this to me? <laughs> Great quote. Referencing an, an old, old, Very old, old video. You got to go back in the vault for that. But <laughs> hi, Matts. I don't think I've ever written into email my heart. Congratulations on the success of the podcast. Rate five stars, everyone. Oh, thank you. 
you. As a younger millennial slash elder Gen Z, I don't remember a time when Beyonce wasn't famous. I was born and raised in Houston, Texas, and it feels like we all learned in elementary school class studies. (laughs) (laughs) Elementary school social studies class that Beyonce was also from Houston. I didn't truly understand how artistically and performance wise she is just so above everyone else until I started watching Two Gay Mats. It's so funny looking back at that old video May 2013, over 10 years ago, where Matt Palmer is utterly distraught that Beyonce (laughs) announced her pregnancy when she had a tour scheduled. (laughs) She didn't announce a pregnancy, but she, it was rumored that she was pregnant. Little did we know that she was pregnant with a surprise album at the time. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And Matt Palmer said, Beyonce is having a, Beyonce having a baby is about me. (laughs) Just like Matt Steele in the video, I didn't really get it yet. Then just a few months later, it's Christmas. There's a radio freeze. We got the iconic reaction video to the surprise self-title drop. From that point, it became a bucket list item for me to see Beyonce perform live, specifically in Houston. About 10 years later, I was finally able to check it off the bucket list when the Renaissance World Tour stopped in Houston last weekend. Marianne's going to be in the movie. Uh, oh, she's, she's on the Houston stop. Sorry, I didn't I just even think that. about that. Good for you, Marianne. I am so glad it was this era and this album that I got to witness live. The electricity in the air when the whole stadium went from pink to green during the cozy alien mm. superstar transition mm. was incredible to experience. It did seem like she was filming the Houston shows, so fingers crossed we get a movie version as good as the Netflix Beachella. She gets that. Marianne knew. Now my question is about what experiences are on your bucket list. Are there any artists you haven't been able to see live yet that feel like you might must see you must see before you die maybe an album that you missed the tour for that you dream of hearing the artist do live again or a movie that you have only streamed at home that you are dying to see in a movie theater mm. or a musical that you've listened to the cast recording over and over but still haven't seen a full production of eternally grateful for the Beyonce education Marianne oh Marianne what an icon is there an artist that like you're dying to see that you haven't seen I'm trying before? to think if there's a specific artist I'd certainly and I feel like I've said this you know because I also filmed uh, the renaissance world tour chatty kathy's today earlier today i will never forgive myself for not seeing the formation world tour like that really will like i'll go to my grave upset about that i need to truly just sit down one day and watch like a uh bootleg of that whole show i started it once but it just made me too sad that it wasn't there but i don't need to finish it because what an incredible moment that was i luckily have seen a lot of my faves live before like i have seen janet i've seen britney i've seen mariah countless times uh, I've seen Kelly Clarkson now. Um, I, w- I mean, if in a dream world, if Mariah ever wanted to have a butterfly anniversary tour and like sing the album front to back, a butterfly that's like, like a dream that, for you. That is absolutely a dream, and I realize you know it's it's nice to have dreams. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that would be. Quite a moment. I also would like to see another Mariah Christmas concert. I saw her once, but Milo Yiannopoulos was sitting right in front of me. So half the time I was like, fuck that fucking guy. <laughs> and so I was too distracted with my anger towards this man that I didn't give Mariah all of the focus that I, she deserved. So um, of show, I'm trying to think if there are other. Oh, and I also would love to see Kimberly Akimbo if we're talking about musicals that mm. I have listened and worn out. I have most certainly played Kimberly Akimbo a million times. And I'm going to actually be in New York uh, next week. And so I'm hoping to get tickets to uh, Kimberly Akimbo on Broadway and see the show because I would just die to see it. Your it's dreams are coming true. One of my favorite, my albums of the year so far are uh, Chemistry, Guts, and Kimberly Akimbo. Okay. <laughs> Those are my top three. And so hopefully I'll be able to check Kimberly Akimbo off the list soon. All right. So as far as like movies that I have not seen on the big screen that I just am dying to see on the big screen, y'all know I talk about the Fiddler on the Roof movie. <laughs> 
like ad nauseum. Like I, the Fiddler on the Roof movie to me is like a, the most perfect movie musical. So brilliantly done. And just like the most gorgeous movie I can think of. And so like visually and, and, and of course story-wise it's mm. Fiddler on the Roof. Hello. But so I would kill to see that in a theater. I've mm. seen a lot of like musicals that have like been brought back to movie theaters that I love. Like The King and I I've seen in movie theaters. The Sound of Music I've seen in movie theaters. But I have yet to see Fiddler on the Roof oh. on a big screen. So I would love to see that. As far as like actual stage musicals that I've never seen a production of that I'm dying to. I love the cast recording okay. of the musical Bombay Dreams. What it was, is that? It was on Broadway in 2004. It's okay. like AR Raman music and it's okay. all about like Bollywood and everything. It's this big, lavish, insane thing. And so, I, and the music fucking slaps. Wow. The music is so good. It's just like the most insane, like coolest, like uh, like Indian music, like put on stage. And and I hear the stories just like utterly ridiculous. I've never seen a production of it probably because it's like way too expensive to produce if it's not on Broadway. Like you can't just like do it regionally. Right. Like my God, like <laughs> the budget that you need to like have it be worth your while to have the elaborate sets and choreography and costumes and enormous like cast and everything mm. that can make it really feel like a Bollywood stage show. Um, so I would kill to just see like a big lavish production of Bombay Dreams okay. at some point. Also, I've never seen Chess Live. I want to see like the big bombastic uh, epic musicals right. live on stage that I ha- that that I love on cast recording but haven't seen live. Like I've never seen Chess, and I would love to see that. Do they? Do regional theater versions of these or like touring versions of these shows at this point or not usually? Uh, not, uh, Bombay Dreams, nah, nah. No. Chess, um. Uh, maybe there. I don't. I can't imagine there's been a tour of chess recently. Okay. Regionally, people do chess, right? Um, but like, we need the budget. Right. Like, I want the budget right. to like have a like 100 person ensemble, oh. <laughs> like on that stage singing that like a choral music. Yes. Um, so I would love that. I would okay. love a production of those if if the budget was there. I hope that happens for you. I hope that happens for me too. Maybe I'll just have to produce it myself. I guess once so. I become a, a trillionaire. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this next question comes to us from LaRonda. LaRonda says, everybody on mute. Hey guys, I'll try to make this short. First of all, Beyonce's Houston concert was everything. Two Houston emails. I I didn't even like notice that. As a gift, my boss got me a few and got me and a few other girls from the office seats to see the Queen Bee. After a few drinks, we were all dancing and having a good time. Then it was time. Beyonce says, "Everybody on mute." And I'm so sorry, but the Holy Spirit just took over me and I screamed. (laughs) The whole the whole radius of people called me bitch told me to shut up and worse of all my coworker turned around and popped me so hard I dropped my drink oh. I was completely humiliated I just really did not mean it I was more upset that my coworker put her hands on me the next day she was really apologetic but I have ended our workplace friendship I even went on Twitter the next day and saw at least two or three other instances where people are getting manhandled over this should I open up dialogue with my coworker again to discuss this since we have to work together uh, or just continue not speaking. Keep up the great work, guys. Love, Miss LaRonda. Thank you for writing in, Miss LaRonda. Um, I okay. Physical violence is never appropriate. No, you should not be hitting people. And I would encourage you to like at least have some distance. You're at work. You probably should talk to this person for work purpose reasons if you have to. But yes, if you if this is a person that you know that like physical violence is on the table with them, then like sure, maybe some distance can be helpful. I will say, that being said, you shouldn't have done that. 
Like, I'm sorry. Like, I understand having the excitement take over you. And I'm not saying that it was right for people to call you names or hit you. Absolutely not. But it's like, it's just, it's it's like we we all know what we're doing. You knew, you knew what you were doing. Like, I get no, it. You the were, Holy Spirit took over her. Look, we all need to be responsible and in charge of our actions. I'm a person, look, I've, I've done things that I'm not proud of. I have, you know, had drinks before and acted in ways I wouldn't soberly. So I do get it. But I will say at the end of the day, you should have been quiet. <laughs> like she said on mute, you knew what it meant. Okay. People shouldn't have yelled at you, shouldn't have hit you. But you also People were shouldn't wrong. have called you bitch. No. Okay, so um Matt Palmer, I'm sorry to say this is kind of cult mentality. It's not cult mentality. <laughs> A little bit when you are at the point where this one little inside joke that not everyone there knows. She knew. So- well, okay, she knew. But <laughs> she knew. Not everyone there knows. Yeah. So, like, what are the people? Let's say you didn't know, and if the people turned around to someone who didn't know, call them a bitch, or like hit them or something, and they didn't know, that's fucking unacceptable. You, you heard me say that that was unacceptable. I said no one should have called you a bitch. I said no one should have hit you. But the issue is not people not knowing and, and yelling. That is also like, well, you should have known, but you didn't. Like, fine, you knew, and you were acting like. It's like when people are like talking back in movie theaters. It's like, you know, this moment is a quiet moment. We're doing a quiet. It's like yelling in a library. It's like this moment has been designed for us to be quiet. And you know that, you know, the expectation is that we'd be quiet. And so you are going out of your way to not be quiet, to disrupt what people are there to try and do. Enjoying a mute challenge. She didn't go out of her way to do it. She did. She did it by accident. How, you don't. Sometimes you forget. You, you were on. If you're in a performance, sometimes you forget your line. All right. She That's forgot that same. she didn't have a line oh. in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you get excited. Mark. Your adrenaline is pumping. Mark. There, there is no reason for anyone to get so mad. It's one tiny moment. Hey, people need to get the fuck over. I it. said. I opened with. No one should hit you. No one should call you anything. But you also did, you were not doing the, you, you were not your best self in that moment. <laughs> and we can all agree because you knew what you were, knew you were messing up this thing that people were like, oh, let's all do this together. Let's have a moment. And you, you did that on purpose. I'm sorry. Like, I understand it was a mistake and you are feeling bad about it. No one should ever hit you. No one should have yelled at you. But she but, didn't do it on purpose. Like, she didn't like try to ruin everyone's moment on purpose. She she just it accidentally slipped out because she wasn't thinking. And so I can understand that. Those people need to get over it. I do think I I think keep your distance from your coworker for like a little bit. But like at the end of the day like this is a person that I guess you do have to work with. So like maybe in the future open up to discussion and be like, "Hey, you literally punched me in the face like I think that the mature thing to do is to sort of settle at least settle that you don't have to like remain friends with her uh, like forever but like at least like settle that uh, if it's not settled you don't have to settle. you absolutely <laughs> you, you absolutely don't she, it, she hit you do you think I would talk to someone who ever hit me I think the responsible thing to do as an adult and who, with your coworker is to settle whatever uh, problem there is you only have to talk to her about work stuff you don't have to. It's not a responsible thing. You. It's not. It's not your responsibility to do anything to someone who has physically assaulted you. I'm not saying that like settling means like automatically forgiving her or something. I'm talking about like settling it, meaning like giving her a chance to apologize. If she'd like to send an email, my emails are open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am out. I just think the adult thing to do is to like settle whatever issues you have with you, someone, especially if you are working. You like have that. no responsibility to talk to her again. I don't, <laughs> Those think, are my I, don't think, don't. I don't think you have a responsibility to be friends with her again. 
But I think, I just think it's a responsible thing to do for the workplace environment and for your own personal sanity. You do what's best for you. Whatever makes you feel good, do that. Okay, well, this is what I would do. Great. And I am half of two gay men. You are. Okay, so the next email <laughs> comes to us from Emery. And Emery says, sex education. Hi, Nats. I just finished sex education and my eyes are raw from crying so much. Aww. This is the first show I've seen that really showcases a non-binary character and Cal's arc has hit home in a lot of ways for me. I just really wanted to echo your sentiment from last week, Matt Palmer. I'm so grateful to have this show as a queer person and just as a person who has once been a teenager. Representation matters so much and the worst thing we can do for kids and teenagers today is to not have an open dialogue about these things. Watching this show end in the midst of erasure of queer and black voices and history in schools across the country is really tough, but I wanted to thank you for creating a space like this just to talk and embrace as queer people and the few stray heterosexuals out there. <laughs> we love you, Jamies. The internet is a scary, unwieldy place, but I don't know where I'd be as a queer person without it. Best, Emery. P.S. On a lighter note, Matt Palmer, I need to know how you feel about Adam. I personally want to adopt him as my child. He's so dumb and adorable. I am so happy with Adam's arc. I love where Adam ended up. And um, yes, he, I, there, I had my issues with Adam in earlier seasons, but like I think he has grown so much and his relationship with his dad is so lovely these days. I know. I, I am just so happy to hear someone explain so clearly why I love sex, sex education because I was so scared of spoiling that I almost didn't even say what the show is about. But I just, I recommend to everyone that they give sex education a watch. It really is so heartwarming and affirming. And thank you so much about the kind words about our little community we're I building. Because it's like, you don't, you know, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. But if people are given joy or feel good or accepted just via our little two gay mats podcast. It just, it, it's everything. Yeah. We're not know. like trying to do no. anything. We're literally just like sit plopping on microphones and uh, talking about the stuff we want to talk about. Absolutely. You know, except sometimes we talk about stuff we don't want to talk about. <laughs> True. Like, sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes. we're just like, Oh, I guess we're going to talk about this again. <laughs> God, get it out of the news. It's like, uh, Oh, what's the, um, the Taylor and what's his name? Dating. Matt uh, Healy. Oh, we were like, oh, we don't want to talk about. I this. don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it anymore, guys. That's now we good. now we got to talk about football. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> okay, so I guess we're on to two gay minutes. Oh yes, yes. Matt, I don't have one this week. So. I have one. So guys, this is two gay minutes. This is the section of the podcast where one of us talks about something the other Matt doesn't give a shit about for exactly <laughs> two minutes and two minutes only. Even though sometimes we go over. <laughs> I'm nervous because this Matt Steele was typing this like basically as soon as we started the podcast he yeah. stopped typing it so I feel like it's gonna be an intense one I, I don't think it'll be intense I think okay. it won't make sense oh like for some reason like I can't like find a concise way to word what is happening in the big brother house this right. week oh it's about big brother by the no. way um but you know what guys who gives a shit are you really paying attention anyway you just enjoy listening to me talk really fast right I'm, I'm listening sure are you All ready right. sure three Two, one. After the very, Go. very dumb week where we were essentially just watching the house guests hang out in a house due to there being zero actual game happening, we get to Thursday's live eviction to find out who between Cam and Jared would have their game resurrected from the dead. Came as a zero shock to people that Cam won the challenge easily. Another thing that came as a shock to no one was that Julie Chen's Bob was gone. Yes, it was a wig. <laughs> when Jared left, he began to cry hard when Julie asked him about his mom, Sari, and if he thought that she had a good chance of doing well in the game. He said he hoped so, and he hoped that she got Corey out, his biggest ally turned enemy, out of the damn house. I can't remember a guy on Big Brother cry 
trying that hard on a live show since maybe Bunky in season two back in 2001. It was actually a really touching moment. And even though Jared's been a little bit of a pain this season, I was very moved and have been impressed by the grace he's displayed in his post-eviction interviews. When the feats came back after Thursday night's eviction, we discovered that Cam is the new head of household again, because of course he is. He wins everything. In the 60-something days that he's been in the house, he has spent every single one of those days being either head of household, nominated for eviction, having saved himself from nomination with the veto that he won, or actually getting evicted. He wants to target Felicia because he feels that she'll never vote for him if she's in the jury, so he wants to get her out on this in the final week before jury. Felicia flat out asks him, you're putting me up, right? And Cam goes, yep. Felicia says, you know if you got Corey out this week, you could have America all to yourself, right? Because Corey will be gone and not even in the jury with her. Because Cam obviously has a crush on America, but America's in a showmance with Corey, there's a lot of arguing between the house members and the internet over whether or not Cam makes America uncomfortable trying to flirt with her. It's complex. I won't get into it. But Cam is like, don't say that. Don't say that. Because he's a little self-conscious that he's coming across as a creep regarding America. And he has a daughter, so he doesn't want to look bad. He eventually nominated Felicia and Mimi. But of course, Cam wins the power of veto. And suddenly he decides he wants to save Felicia and backdoor Corey. His kind of sort of ally, Matt, is like, yeah, his other kind of sort of ally, Jag, is like, don't do it. And he really hounds, uh, takes home that, they're, that he doesn't want Corey to be, that, and Jag says he doesn't want Corey to be backdoored yet. After a long convo, Jag and Matt leave the room and Cam looks at the camera and says, I can do whatever the fuck I want. So it looks like Corey's getting backdoored, but what I want for is for Cam to nominate Corey and get him mad and then Matt and Jag betray Cam and vote to save Corey because it'll start a war between Cam and Corey and, and it'll keep the target off of them. That was some timing. <laughs> that, was, that was good. That was you. It ended around the right time. What did you get from that? I think Cam is the head of household. Yes. <laughs> I think he might be back during, during Corey, who has a showmance with America. America. But Cam might like America, but is being creepy about it and doesn't want his daughter to think he's creepy. Yeah. yeah okay. there's, <laughs> there's like some discrepancy over like, does America like flirting with Cam? Does America not like flirting with Cam? Like mm. people are arguing about it. And I'm like, guys, I don't know. Let America speak for herself when she's out of the house. Um, it's also yeah. confusing that there's someone named America when on Big Brother they love to refer to America as like the small viewing audience. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very, very confusing. And I always wonder if people understand what I'm talking about right. in these two gay minutes when I mention America. I knew she was a person. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited. Like this back door would be very exciting. Okay. It would be very fun. But I, I'd love to watch watch it happen but then fail miserably mm, okay so that'd, that'd be very fun all right fingers yeah. are crossed all right so i don't have a two game minutes this week um i'm trying to think if there's even any bravo shit to discuss i feel like not really oh, no, it seems like bravo's flopping it's like, not this week, flopping I, the potomac trailer looks good and southern charm this year is actually pretty good and that's a show that's been very shitty for a while so i'm looking forward to seeing how it turned out this season. Okay. All right. All right. Those are your two gay seconds, exactly. seconds, I guess. <laughs> two gay seconds. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, guys, for the second week in a row, I'm so sorry. Mm, I do not have a giving me moment. Well, I have not had time to consume anything except for like, you know, some Big Brother stuff. Of course. But even not even Big Brother stuff because there were only two episodes this season. Or uh, this not there or this week. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, guys, I'm really sorry. I know it's my job to give you giving me moments, but like, I don't know. I, we give you a lot of content. <laughs> <laughs> we give you a lot of content throughout the week so I can have a week off that's right? true two, two weeks in a row and I mean granted Beyonce never takes a week off that's true she's always working but I'm not getting her paycheck no one so day one day when I'm making Beyonce money I will be giving imagine you Beyonce content imagine making Beyonce money I'm girl. I can't, <laughs> I can't even fathom I can't it. even imagine making money <laughs> Like, okay. Here. Well, I have a two. I have a um, giving me moments, but it's not super timely because you know Jackson's not here. I'm only, I'm not really watching new shit. I'm watching old shit. But I have something I'd like to discuss. All right. What All is right? it, guys? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. 
30 Rock is the funniest fucking show that's ever happened. Wow, like, 30 Rock. This 30 is a Rock. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, mine was The Sound of Music a couple <laughs> right? weeks ago. So. so I am rewatching 30 Rock because Jackson's out of town and he's not one for rewatching. And I don't want to get too far ahead on, you know, I don't want to watch Only Murders without him or Welcome to Plathville without him because those are our two shows right now. But Man Alive, you forget how funny, consistently funny it is for over so many seasons. Like, I think it's a seven season show. And I've, I'm now on season five and have yet to run into a bad season. Like season two is the peak and it's unfortunately cut short because of the writer's strike of that year, not mm. this time's writer's strike. But everything is so solid and well done throughout. Jane fucking Krakowski. Like I know people love her and have watched her on uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and love her character there. And she's great on that. But my God, there is no character as funny to me as uh, Jenna Maroney. The desperation like, is coming out of her pores in every scene. She has to try and be friends with Liz Lemon while obviously wanting all attention, all spotlight on her. She's dealing with Tracy being the bigger star. And just every crazy thing and situation they put her in, she's brilliant about it. Right now, she is uh, dating a Jenna Maroney impersonator, essentially. And I think that's who she ends up with. Um, I want to say it's Will Forte plays? Is that his name? Okay. He's a comedic actor on SNL and he plays her partner who just dresses up as Jenna Maroney and she's like, oh, you dressed up as Cher? Like, how dare you? That's <laughs> like, so yeah, funny. How can you not be true to me? And I just really am also so impressed by like the caliber of guest stars they get on that show. Oh, they had everybody. And they have, they've. I'm going through Julianne Moore and Elizabeth Banks and Matt Damon right now is Liz Lemon's boyfriend. And you forget that there were so many huge stars on this show because it was never crazily popular. Like it was never super highly rated. I think it was just like a critical darling and did kind of well in the Emmys when, you know, when uh, Veep wasn't on. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to me that like it wasn't, apparently like highly rated it was in terms of, like audience views because to me everyone watched I to me I was the only person on the planet who oh, never watched 30 Rock it is so it's just like the the thing about uh Tina Fey and her writing is like the density of jokes mm-hmm. per minute is like unparalleled like it's the reason people love Mean Girls is because every second there's another very well thought out joke and I feel like Tina Fey has done things especially in you know post 30 Rock years that people are like look askance at honestly a lot of the cast has gotten people looking askance at them Alec Baldwin uh, Tracy Morgan I think had some homophobic things he's done but just in the context of this show it's everybody firing on all cylinders the comedy is just the the best show of all time, one of, I feel like it is up there for me in my rewatching with friends and happy endings. I scroll th- and like I hadn't rewatched 30 Rock in so long, but man, it holds up so beautifully, even though I think they did have to take some episodes down for like blackface reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, it's really a genius show. And I am just so thankful that 30 Rock is in my life and can keep me company for the next two seasons. And honestly, I feel like a lot of comedy shows like that, like Seinfeld at the time, the like last episode always kind of is like, ooh, it's a little awkward or like leaves you wanting more. Like you're trying to wrap up a comedy in like a a way. It's it doesn't always work great. Like people have issues with even the Friends finale. Mm. The 30 Rock finale is so fucking good. Like I that is one of the things I will always remember. So I can't wait to get to the end of season seven, watch that again and be blown away by the ballad version of Rural Juror the musical that Jenna Maroney sings at the final moments. Uh, I also just watched the live episode that they did in season five. It just oh, is remember like, when they would do that? I loved that. Oh, a different era. Uh, and they did two, they did two versions. They did one for East Coast, one for West Coast mm-hmm. and had different little 
little uh, Easter egg changes between the both. Will and Grace had an East Coast one. And oh, did they? When they did their live show. God, I loved it. I know. Oh, God. And man. the whole concept of that show was like Jack was not drinking for an episode. So he's like, does everything look just a little weird to you? Everything looks like a Mexican soap opera. Like, <laughs> That's what funny, yeah. A great conceit for a live episode that was going to look a little weird. Okay, um, guys. Well, speaking of Tina Fey, yes. I have something to say. I'm glad that she's finding so much success with her television writing. I want to know <laughs> when she's going to write another goddamn movie. I know. Again. She said that she's had has one finished. Like, says one written. Girl, it's not on my screen. I know. We need it's it. It's not in the theaters. We need it. It's been too long. Beyonce got to theaters before your second movie, girl. It has been too long. The last time <laughs> Tina Fey had a movie was um, uh, uh, Dangerously in Love Era. <laughs> That's crazy. I we know. Were in high Tina Fey, you wrote one of the most brilliant comedies <laughs> yes. of all time, Mean Girls. Just a, a movie that... I mean, now I'm just going to rant about how much I love Mean Girls. <laughs> a movie that, like, not only is it so insanely funny, every moment, like, the jokes are so yes. great and they land, but the story of Mean Girls is so meticulously told. So the arc is so perfect. Right. It feels so, like, because a lot of times in comedies, like, sometimes people just, like, throw out the jokes, throw out the jokes, and yes. then, like, at the end of the day, you're just like, wait, but... Was the story there? Like, was right. like w- was the story like worth it and everything, or was it just a bunch of jokes? Mean Girls is so sound in both arenas as far as a comedy movie goes. Well, and the so, Mean Girls musical is coming in January and it's going to be in theaters. Does she that, wrote that. Does that count? <laughs> I guess. I guess that counts. I would like a new Tina Fey original screenplay. Uh, and I would like Nicole Kim to introduce that to me one Absolutely. day. Absolutely. So uh, TikTok, Tina Fey. I'm waiting for it. Wow, you really Thank got you. put Tina Fey on notice like, right for now. Real. She Who wrote knew? one of the most brilliant screenplays of all time and then bounced. I think it's coming. I think whatever it is, I think, I mean, it sounds like we're talking about Beyonce. Again. <laughs> but really, I think she said it was done. And so I think it's Tina done. Fey is essentially like the Beyonce of like comedy writing. Comedy writing. <laughs> like she, she puts really out like is. the best thing ever. And then and she's gone. <laughs> and then, then gone. Disappears. And disappears. Like something's night. coming. Something's coming. But, uh, well, oh, also happy October. Oh, happy Whole October. Month. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? I you was wanna... about to say ho, 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 but I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's no, Christmas. It's like, boo. 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 Ah, <laughs> scary. Yeah. Anything else you want to tell the people? I don't think so, guys. Sign off? Guys, thank you so much for being here with us, and we'll be back soon with more Two Gay Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.